Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We got a locker room setting here on the National Football Show. Your boy Dan Cilio rocking and rolling towards the upcoming NFL season. Hope all are having a spectacular day. You know, prior to coming on the air, someone said, Cilio, I, I, I pray, and I do pray, that you're not going to give yourself arm-breaking backslaps today. Well, that will be almost feasibly impossible because it's Big Sills. And you know how Big Sills rolls. You see, what we have, look at me, I'm being Italian here. What we have here is a lot of people around the United States, a lot of people involved in the NFL, they embrace our show now. They absolutely love what we're doing. They know that we get some of the biggest guests on the planet. And check this little item out. Now, in case some of you out there are young, like the dudes that work on my show, the New York Sack Exchange. Sack Exchange? You mean the New York Exchange, right? Where they sell commodities and stocks and bonds. No, 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 no. See, this is football. And some of the youngsters may not know any of my guys, too, which I love the fact that okay, it's not just an old fart like me here, that we do have youngsters on the show, and I love that fact. But I'm going to show you something that was mailed to me today. This is from the legendary Mark Gassino. Now, by the way, 107 sacks in his illustrious career. He played in 107 games. He and Reggie White had the distinction of being the only players in pro football history to have a sack in every game that they played. It's incredible when you think of the the resume of Gastineau. He's a two-time defensive player of the year. He's on the all-decade team. He held the sack, single-season sack total, for decades until it was stolen from him by Michael Strahan. Remember when Strahan fell down and Favre was there and they were like, oh, hi, buddy. Yeah, you got the sack. He gave him the sack record. It was stolen from Gastineau, and he played on the greatest, I'll take that back, one of the greatest defensive lines in the history of the game. Look at this thing here. Oh, I have to step back. This, my friends, is a signed jersey from all of the New York Sack Exchange guys that was sent to me from Mark Gastineau today. Marty Lyons. Joe Klecko, Mark Gastineau, and Abdul Salam. Look at that. All four of them. The New York Jets gave these out when they had a signing. The National Football Hall of Fame made a commemorative coin to the New York Sack Exchange. I believe this one is for Mark Gastineau, who's on that list of one of the greatest sackers of all time. 
That's a pretty good gift. I can tell you this. That's going right over there next to my uncle's ring of honor. I know all you Eagle guys probably ate this. My uncle's ring of honor for the New York Giants and my uh, Leroy Salmon. So what a way to start the day off, getting a gift like that from a New York Jet legend. And, and believe me, Jet legends, I don't know. How many do you th – let's think about that for a second. Who would you consider a New York Jet legend? You can start with Namath, obviously. Okay, let's do this now. Who? Curtis Martin. Okay, it's Gastineau. It's Klecko. Who else? Jason Taylor played there a little bit. Who else would you go? I'm trying to think. Wesley Walker? <laughs> I don't know. My point is, not a lot of New York Jet superstars. That's why that jersey is significant, because the Jets have been the landfall, or how about this, the pit of NFL players. That organization has sucked since they won that Super Bowl in 69. All right. So let's move on here. Something happened that was incredible yesterday. I, I, I could not believe what I was watching yesterday. I just could not believe it. And I posted it on my Twitter page, at Dan Celio Show. Folks, I can't believe what I saw yesterday. I saw Jerry Jones, and I'm going to paraphrase this, say that I effed up when it came to Jimmy Johnson. And he told the story of Barry Switzer. This is an incredible story. I had never heard this. And I know Larry Lacewell, who was kind of the guy that was in the middle between Jimmy and Jerry. These guys all go back to Arkansas. And I know a lot of the backdrop that went on when it came to what went actually down why Jimmy Johnson ended up getting fired. So yesterday, Jones, who's in Oxnard as his football team's getting ready for the upcoming 2021 season, you know, they got to show up to training camp a little bit earlier because they, they got to play in the Hall of Fame game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Jerry was just throwing it all out there. He was getting emotional how he effed it all up. I can't believe the story I heard. He goes, you know, you know, after Jimmy left and I fired him, we brought Switzer down because we wanted to interview him for the job. Barry ended up getting the job and winning a Super Bowl. Well, he's sitting on the couch, and this is Jerry talking. I could not believe what I was seeing. Could not believe in what I was hearing. First thing Switzer did when he walked in the office, where's Jimmy? And Switzer goes, he's, he's not here. You got to remember something about Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. They were best friends. They were roommates in college at Arkansas. Their um, ex-wives were Jerry still with his wife, but Jimmy's first wife. They all went to school together. These people were thick as thieves. They used to come down to the University of Miami and watch his practice all the time. I know Jerry Jones very well. I'm, I'm very good friends with Stephen Jones. He's been on our radio, radio show, and he's been on the national football show already. Stephen Jones has. I, I know the Jones family 30 years. So what I was watching yesterday, I was floored that Jerry Jones would admit it. He had a failure. Jerry's not one to throw that out there like that. And it's making news all over now. Because they were going to be the original dynasty to what the Patriots were. So to fast forward back to the couch, 
you know, Switzer's sitting there. He goes, where's Jimmy? He's gone. And he goes, listen, you know, I want to talk to Jimmy. And, 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 and Jerry goes, hey, why would you want to talk to Jimmy? We're here to interview you for the job. Jimmy's gone. And by the way, why do you want to talk to him? You know what Switzer said, the former Oklahoma coach who coached both of those guys as an assistant coach at Arkansas for Frank Broyles. You know what he said to Jerry Jones? This is a job interview. This shows you the onions that Barry Switzer had. He looked right at Jerry Jones and said, how could you F this thing up so bad? Jerry Jones said it put him back in his chair and he was floored. He goes, you two guys need to get the F on the couch, shake hands, make this thing work. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What the F is wrong with you two? This was a job interview. Switzer was at a job interview telling Jerry, how could you F this thing up so bad? That shows you leadership, man. I'll tell you what, Jerry telling that story about Switzer, I got more respect today than I've ever had for Coach Switzer. I mean it. I, I have great respect for him. Now I have even greater respect. Jerry and Switzer were adversaries. And as Jimmy Johnson gets ready to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this summer, well, he's already in, but he gets to do his speech now. To see Jerry Jones admit that he effed it all up was remarkable. By the way, in the last 25 years, do you know how many wins the Dallas Cowboys have had since Jimmy Johnson left? And I know Switzer won a couple games, but that thing ended horribly. In the last 25 years, how many postseason wins? I'm going to show you something that makes it even more insane because I'm going to put it in context there for you. You ready? The Cowboys in the last 25 years have three playoff wins. Tom Brady last year has three playoff, I think maybe four playoff wins in the NFC. He's got more victories, counting the Super Bowl, in the NFC playoffs than what the Cowboys have in the last 25 years. And he did that in one year. That shows you the failure that that thing was. That Jerry Jones let that thing just implode. You know, I, I make this comment to people all the time. Jerry Jones has replaced Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, now Dak Prescott. He's replaced Emmett Smith. He's got Ezekiel Elliott, right? He's replaced Michael Irvin. Got Amari Cooper. He's had other guys, right? The one man he's never been able to replace has been Jimmy Johnson. And that's why it's got to just absolutely rub him such the wrong way that his greatest asset since he bought that team in 1989, I was there when he bought the team. I was there when the transition was going from the Tech Schramm and Tom Landry regime to the Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson regime. Gil Brandt was still in the building, but I was there. I even posted the very first training camp letter that we got from Jimmy. It's on my Twitter page. I was there. I saw the whole thing play out. I couldn't believe what was going on that they booted Tom Landry like that. I was there. 
get all these people writing stories on guys with pads and pens. That's a beautiful thing about Big Sills in the National Football Show. We talk from experience. I was in the building, in the room, sat there and watched the transition go from one coach to another and one regime to another. I was there. And to watch Jerry Jones do what he did yesterday, I'm telling you, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, holy cow. Now, I was asked today, you think Jimmy's probably taking uh, victory laps on this? No way. Probably for a couple minutes. Probably for a couple minutes, Jimmy was probably taking victory laps. But then you know what you have to come to Jesus with in the conversation with yourself? Having those come to Jesus conversations? You know what you, you, know what you probably were saying? Damn. Look what we could have accomplished, man. Look at all the things that we could have done. The things that you're seeing in New England that Brady and Belichick did, they could have did them. I mean, they had won those three Super Bowls in what? What was it? Three Super Bowls in four years? Or three Super Bowls in six years? Something like that. I think it was three and four. That thing was on the cusp of... Do you know when they won the first Super Bowl, the Cowboys were the youngest team? In the NFL, when they won that first Super Bowl, how would you like to have that future? The youngest team in the league wins the game. Remember, Jimmy Johnson was on this show, the National Football Show, and he said that. We were the youngest team in the league. You didn't do it with old farts. You didn't have a 39 or 44-year-old quarterback. Everybody was in their early 20s. That thing was primed to go on a run like you'd never seen. And you had a guy who's the greatest personnel dude of all time. I will say this to you. Jimmy Johnson is one of the greatest coaches of all time. You think there's any coincidence he dominated college? Then he gets into the NFL. He dominates in the NFL too. You will never see a coach like that again. No way. I think Jimmy could have went into badminton and he'd have had the greatest team with the biggest attitudes playing badminton. Playing for that guy was an honor. I'm proud to be one of his dudes. See those game balls back there? He gave me every one of them. That guy doesn't hand anything out. You got to earn it with him. That, it was such an omission yesterday. I couldn't believe the omission that he had yesterday when he was talking about Jimmy Johnson, and it was his biggest mistake. And he goes, not only did he say, I effed it up. Damn. <laughs> hey, man. Keep that story front and center because as we get closer to the induction speeches, that's going to be a major topic going in. Is Jimmy going to recognize Jerry? Because I'll tell you something. Jimmy's like an elephant. You do him wrong, poof. I wouldn't want to be on that bad dude. I wouldn't want to be on that guy's bad list. Absolutely not. All right, let's move on. Couldn't believe it. I effed this thing up. Wow. All right. I tweeted this out at Dan Cilio's show last night when I heard this news. Bye-bye, Big 12. Bye-bye. <laughs> Big 12, bye-bye. Okay. That conference is toast. <laughs> Man, you lose Oklahoma and you lose Texas. Why even have a conference? Oh, TCU, Baylor. Wow. Congratulations. Sounds like you guys are really in the game. 
you've already lost Nebraska. So if you lose Texas and OU, by the way, those two programs could probably go independent. It's now being reported that the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma have contacted the Southeastern Conference and they want to jump aboard with the SEC. What does that mean to the college landscape? A ton. You put, oh, watch this. OU, Texas, Bama, LSU, Florida, A&M, Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, my God. Uh, That is about as entertaining as you can possibly be with the most incredible fans on the planet. Auburn. Mud on, man. I could, hey, if you're the Big Ten, you're doing this. Notre Dame, please, please join the Big Ten. Big Ten and Notre Dame, that'll never happen. Notre Dame, if they're going to join a conference, they showed you what conference they would have went to last year because their academic requirements and their philosophy lines up more with the ACC. They would never join the Big Ten. Never would you ever see Notre Dame in the Big Ten. By the way, I'll give you a little history lesson here. You know why they would never do that? Because back in the day when Notre Dame was struggling and they were getting ready to shut the school down because – Kids weren't going to Notre Dame because of the war and stuff. The only program from the Big Ten that decided that they would continue to play Notre Dame to help them with money was Michigan State. You ever notice why Michigan State is never taken off that Notre Dame schedule? It's because of that relationship with Michigan State and the academies. The academies promised Notre Dame that they would play them, and that's why Notre Dame plays Navy and Army every year It's because of tradition, because of loyalty. Three programs you'll never see off the Notre Dame schedule. Michigan State, Army, and Navy. Never happened. Never in a million years. That's why they dumped Michigan. They dumped Michigan because Michigan voted against them back in 1920 on joining the Big Ten. Notre Dame has held that against them ever since. Michigan State was the only one in the conference that wanted them to try to join because they were begging to join the Big Ten. Big Ten said no. You think the Big Ten wants Notre Dame now with that television package that they have with NBC that pays them like $600 million a year? Notre Dame makes a killing off that NBC deal. Why do you think Notre Dame is wanted on every single television set? You know why? They get ratings and they have that incredible contract with NBC. How did they get that contract with NBC? Dick Ebersole, the former chairman, is a Notre Dame guy. He's a Notre Dame guy. Who used to sit on a TV committee for the NFL? Ed DeBartolo. He's a Notre Dame guy. They cut that deal 30 years ago. Notre Dame right now, if I were them, what I'm watching, what's going on with Texas and OU, boy, I'm looking at the ACC going, man. You know, I might want to join the ACC. Big 12 is done. If those two programs leave, they've already said it. Get this. When their contract is up, they want out. Here's why. Last year, the Big 12 overall in revenue made $380 million, which is not bad. You know what the SEC made? 
$800 million. The SEC almost made a billion dollars in revenues. See, you have to understand something about college sports. They're tax exempt if they're a state institution. They don't pay income taxes on that money. Now, you pay income taxes if you're earning money and you've got to pay normal taxes like Nick Saban pays normal taxes. I'm talking about the school generating the money. You're like a church. You're tax exempt like a church is when they take donations in. How do you think they pay Nick Saban's salary? You know what Nick Saban's base salary is? It's like $260,000. He's the highest paid employee in the state of Alabama. I think it's like 260, something like that I thought I saw. But he makes $11 million a year. You know why? Donations that roll into the Alabama Sports Fund. That's all tax exempt. Don't pay income taxes on that. How do you think Alabama could just go, hey, Nick, you like that house up there in Thunder Lake, Wisconsin? They got Great Pike, Northern Pike. You want to go up there and you, what? you need a house, you need a plane, you need a helicopter. You just, uh, you know that credit card that says Alabama, big money? Use that card. You know the other card we have there, you know, that's for incidentals. Use the big card if you need a copter. All right. <laughs> what do you think they call him Coach Saban for? Because he's Daddy Warbucks. Now you're going to have OU in Texas. You know the Premier League in Europe where all them soccer dudes play? It's like the top like soccer league in the world, right? That's what the SEC is now. It's the top league in all of college sports. I would say this to you. You think the Southeastern Conference is bigger than the NCAA when it comes to their football department? Yeah. Watch this. Hey, USC versus Cal. Sorry, Cal. USC versus Cal. Okay, yeah, well, I'm not caring. USC versus UCLA. Yeah, great. No, I'll look in the stands if you're showing me chicks and stuff. But that's not really a good football game. USC and Oregon, maybe. Maybe. How about this one? Texas, Alabama. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Texas, Alabama. How about this one, too, for you? Do you know what the NCAA is also got to look at with this? So you're telling me you're going to move the Red River, the Red River rivalry to the SEC. Texas OU. Do <laughs> you know what that generates in the city of Dallas? That game itself? Man. All right. Hey, got some great people on the program to talk all about this. Brad Nessler, who covers the SEC, and he's seen this. Man, th th this is incredible news. The nil rule that now has made it so that players can make money. We'll talk to Brad Nessler in this hour. He's coming up here in a couple minutes. Next hour, Houston Nutt, who is a three-time Southeastern Conference Coach of the Year and played for Jimmy Johnson, and he works for CBS College Football as well. Big news, man. Camps are starting in the NFL. We are here. We'll talk to Brad Nessler from CBS next, right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. 
It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Salio. Brad Nessler from CBS Sports will join us here in a minute. Man. Landscape of college football is changing. And by the way, it's changing, I think, for the better. Brad may disagree with me on this one. You know, some people are on one side of the aisle here. They think this new nil rule is going to be harmful to the game. Some people think that it's going to be the best thing on the planet. Like I said before, not everybody has a true chance on winning a national championship every year, even if you go undefeated. You know, they used to try to sell that that misnomer that if you go unbeaten, you should have a chance at the national championship. You know, I, I used to say that that's absurd. That's not the case. The best record in the NFL doesn't always dictate the best team in the NFL, right? Thank God the NFL doesn't subscribe to the way college football thinks. 
that notion that you have to have the best record and you're not taking into account who you're playing. Like if you play in the NFC East all year and you have a seven and nine record, you truly believe that you shouldn't have a shot if you win the NFC East. What if you go on and magically, for whatever reason, make it to the Super Bowl and you win it? Okay, maybe the division was harder than you thought. You, you know, you have no idea. It it keeps it open for everybody in the NFL to have a chance if you make it to the second season. In college football, you have to have a great record, and that is always smoke and mirrors sometimes when you're doing that. I, I, I have always believed that the best record in college football doesn't necessarily mean that you're the best team in college football. The Southeastern Conference every week beats the hell out of itself because they have the best athletes, they have the best facilities, and they have the best coaches in the country. If you're a 7-3 and three or an 8-3 and three Southeastern Conference team, and say you go unbeaten in the Big 12, no disrespect here, and I'm not throwing shade on the Big 12 here, but that 8-3 and three SEC team could probably beat the pants off that undefeated team in the Big 12. Let's see if he agrees with me. One of my favorite broadcasters covering the best conference in the country, and that was the Southeastern Conference. He is our friend Brad Nessler, and he joins us now. Boy, things are really shaking up here, aren't they here, Brad, over the last <laughs> couple of weeks? Thanks for, thanks for coming aboard, my friend. Hey, Dan. How you doing, buddy? Oh, good. You, hey, I want to first let, – let's first start it out. You've covered the Southeastern Conference for so many years here. Boy, this news last night, Brad – I mean, Texas and OU now making a call to potentially join the Southeastern Conference. I think it was like $780 million that in a pandemic they still generated a year ago. What impact do you think this would have on the college game if they do take those two teams in? Well, you know, Dan, I think was it nine or 10 years ago when AM and Missouri came in and we said, this is the beginning of four super conferences. You know, everybody was guessing that. And now if this is true, and, you know, it, it keeps becoming a hotter rumor every day, I guess, and where there's uh, that much smoke on a rumor, maybe there's some fire to it, I guess. Um, I think it's the beginning of four super conferences if they do this. The, the effect it'll have on the SEC, I mean, uh, on one hand, can you have any more great teams than the ones we're just talking about? You know, Texas and OU, and, and I've done the Red River rivalry so many times, one of my favorite games that I don't get a chance to do anymore. So to bring those two into the SEC, I mean, it's it's like the NFL, man. It would be unbelievable. Um, the weird thing is, you could go, yeah, you, know, you could probably go nine years without playing somebody in your conference when you get the conferences this big. So I don't know. It's uh, it's sure shaking up the college football world. And you know, just when everybody's talking about uh, name, image, image, and likeness, and uh, you know, media days, and uh, you know, who's going to be in the top twenty-five, and all of a sudden this bomb hits. I mean. It, it couldn't come at a – I don't know if it was a better time or a more weird time, but at least it got everybody's attention, man. I'm telling you that. Is it the end of the Big 12 if those two teams leave? I mean, Nebraska left a couple years ago. Is, would this be the demise of the Big 12? I, I would think so. I mean, you know, there's teams there that are capable on a given year of being up with those top two. I mean, Texas can't even get there anymore. And it's Oklahoma's, you know, kind of to lose lately and to make the playoff. But I don't know. I'm sure the Pac-12 is probably making phone calls right now to – TCU and Baylor and those guys and saying, hey, I don't know how much there is to this, but if 
if it's real, we got to start talking. Um, and, you know, Nebraska should have never left the Big Ten. I mean, that just never made any sense to me. So uh, that's when it all started rolling downhill, you know, when A&M and, and uh, Texas a and I mean, Texas A&M, Missouri hit the SEC, Nebraska hit the Big Ten, um, you know, Rutgers and Maryland and the Big Ten. You know, I, sometimes I have to look at a map anymore. <laughs> just And I've been doing this a long time, man. So um, yeah, I would think that would be the end of it, and those other teams would get dissolved into another major conference. Let's throw this in here to Notre Dame. It's always the wild card. When I played, Brad, I, we were all independent. When I played at Miami, uh, Penn State was an independent. It was right. really a great era of independent teams. Pitt was an independent, and Florida State was too. So we, we really had a great independence. Now, being independent like BYU and Notre Dame, I don't know how that's beneficial. Now, the NBC contract obviously protects Notre Dame a lot. Right. I mean, if you're the Big Ten, you do everything you possibly can to try to bring them in. I know Notre Dame has always had this, you know, this heritage memory. On, they didn't want them back in the day in the conference. They're more aligned with the ACC. Do you ever see Notre Dame joining a conference? Well, I would have said no until, you know, last year when they were sort of forced to. And and they became a big plus, I think, for the ACC. I think the ACC will make a play for them really hard, even though that'll be uneven numbers again. But that doesn't matter because if some of this starts happening, there's going to be more teams – you know, wanting to jump or more teams to get there. Notre Dame makes sense in the Big Ten to me a lot more than the ACC. But, you know, they're already there in the other sports. And so um, they got a taste of it last year and it worked for them. So we'll have to wait and see. But the Big Ten, I would think, would go after them really hard. You know, what, what, what do you think has happened to, Brad, like you said, you've covered college sports for so many decades now. And what's happened to the Pac-12? I mean, you know, it's one thing to keep throwing the time difference. And I get, you know, when you're scheduling, you know, games at 7.30 at night on the Pacific time zone, it's 10.30 games back geese. Yeah. Nobody gets to see your talented players. You know, I think Christian McCaffrey may have suffered an opportunity to win the Heisman Trophy a few years ago because he's playing in those time zones. I mean, what's happened? Is it just the demise of what USC's gone through? And even though Oregon is a hell of a program, Washington's a hell of a program, it's just nowhere on the landscape right now. And that used to be a hell of a conference. You know, Gary and I did the pack. A lot of people don't remember that. I guess it was the pack 10 then, whatever. Uh, the first time we were together and we did a whole year out there and we'd come back and we'd say, we'd say, well, that was a great game. Wasn't it last night or yesterday afternoon? And people would go, I don't know. Who, who, who'd you do? You know, and this was like our parents and our wives, you know? So even back then it was kind of getting bad, you know, on a, on a, a year-by-year -year basis, Oregon hits a good spot. You know, Stanford hits a good spot. Washington, even Utah, you know. Uh, if USC and UCLA could be what they were when we were kids and when you were playing, that would help a lot, I think, because, you know, that was one of the games that I had to watch every year was UCLA and, and USC, and then I had to see USC and Notre Dame. You know, and now people don't even care about that, I don't think. And the time difference is a problem, but, you know, Fox has even tried – turning it around and say, okay, we're doing breakfast football, man. And I didn't get a chance to see that. I'm sure it was great um, because I was too busy doing my own thing. But um, even that didn't seem to help. I don't think that helped their ratings. So I don't know. I wish they were good. I just wish, you know, I'm one of those guys that I wish everybody was good, but everybody can't be good and everybody can't be the SEC and everybody can't be Alabama. Everybody wants to be, <laughs> but, but they can't be. So um, I don't know. I wish they'd get really relevant again. It would help all of college football, really. Okay. You mentioned it. And, you know, when I was playing at Miami during the Jimmy Johnson eras, 
Brad, you know, we had guys coming all over from everywhere. Hey, here's a hundred, you know, you're, you're like, no, no, no. You got to kind of stay away as much as you possibly can. <laughs> Everybody knows the Luther Campbell stories. And now, now this new nil rule, um, you think it's good for the game or do you think it's going to be detrimental to the game? First of all, I'm going to say this about you. If the NIL thing was happening right now, or when you played, I should say, your mug would have been on every pizza joint from College Park to Miami, you know? There would have been like, they would, you would have had a chain of Italian restaurants with your face on it. And you would have made more money than you ever did playing for the Orlando Thunder or whoever the hell when I did your games. Uh, anyway, that's beside the point. I don't know what it's going to do, bro. I, I really don't. Um, I think it's going to be an unfair, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to say it's not going to be a recruiting tool. That's a bunch of bull. Come on. I mean, Nick talking to the Texas high school coaches the other day. That wasn't a recruiting tool by him saying that Bryce Young's up in the high six figures already. He's talking to the coaches who talk to their kids and go, you know, you go to Alabama and you play like a skill position there and you could be a very wealthy guy even if you don't play in the NFL. So baloney that it's not a recruiting tool. And, um, you know, I feel good for the kids. Don't get me wrong. And that's, I think it's cool for them. Uh, I like the, some of the guys that are kind of trying to make sure it's just the team. And, you know, if they get it, the teammates get a chunk of the pie too, you know. I know some of the quarterbacks who made sure their offensive linemen are kind of in the mix if it's restaurants and all that kind of stuff, which those restaurants will go broke by, by feeding <laughs> those guys. But um, I like the guys that are trying to make it a team thing. But like JT Daniels here in Georgia, you know, I, and, and uh, the kid from Sam Howe from North Carolina hooked up with the same group that just took those two guys on, hoping that they would be Heisman candidates and be high profile. And so they're going to make some cheese, man. So, you know, more power to them. I think it's going to change things. I think the portals change things pretty dramatically already and even more so as we go. And the NIL thing will too, because coaches are going to find a way to use that to their advantage big time. And the, the big time programs, the, the, the top is still going to be on top and by probably more so than they used to be. Can you imagine? I mean, I was talking to Playmaker the other day, Michael Irvin. I went, Can you imagine you and Deion Sanders and Bosworth? These guys were during my time, and I'm going like this Holy cow, these guys would have been billionaires, man, using that name and likeness. And yeah. I, I was I was just saying this though, Brad, that you know, say, because Miami's playing Alabama in the first week, right? Labor Day weekend. And I, I'm just I'm just wondering how much of a distraction that potentially could be for a coach like Saban or Manny Diaz that, hey, coach, I've got a uh, live endorsement reading that I have to go to or an appearance that I have to go to on how that's going to fly. When, when you know, I mean, it, it, you're going to be having to work more and having more of a relationship and more of a business relationship with these players today. Do you agree? I agree. And I think they're going to in Nick's case, he's going to have to have a 22nd assistant coach just to take care of that stuff. You know, um, they're going to have to have somebody that's the go-between because I do think, and you said distraction, that's going to be the biggest problem. You have to be a very mature kid uh, if you're in a high-profile position like a quarterback and, and you're a good one and you're on a really good team to not let that stuff seep into your brain. It's hard enough to be the quarterback and, and study film all day long and you know try to go to school and all, all, of, all those little minor things like going to school. Um, so – you're going to have to be a very mature kid to handle all that. And, and that's going to be a problem for some guys because there's going to be some freshmen that come in that are highly touted and they haven't even been away from mom and dad yet or their friends and they're, you know, 
1200 miles away from home and they can't go home and all that stuff. And they're going to get there and they're going to go, wow, I got 500 bucks in my pocket right now. I'm not going to practice. You know what I mean? So it's going to be weird. And I think it's going to change things. And, and we'll know a lot more by this time next year. But right now I'm just kind of watching it like you are and everybody else going, you know, what the hell's going to happen? So I don't know. A couple last questions here for you. Dabo Swinney, I'm having him on Monday. And we're going to talk about some of the things that he said this last week here about expansion. He's against it. Are you for the expansion of the college football playoff? You think it's in the best interest? Um, I, I knew it was coming. You know, I used to say when I was at ESPN and ABC, I don't know if it'll expand in my lifetime or my broadcast lifetime. And then when I came back to CBS, I go, it's getting closer. <laughs> and now I know it's coming. Um so I'm not sure. I guess if I was doing those games, I'd I'd have a bigger say in it. I really don't have a, I don't have a dog in the race, basically. But, um, you know, it, it's weird because when it was, um, you know, a four team thing, and it was, uh, the games I did when it was national championships, it's like okay, we pick these four teams between these guys and these computers, and you know, the Bill Hancock's of the world at the time said this is the best possible way to do this, and then they got the college football playoff, and the same guy said. This is the best possible way to do this. And then they said, we're never going to expand until we're probably going to expand. And that's going to be the best way to do this. So there's a lot smarter guys out there than me, you know, doing this. I think eight would be enough. I think 12 might be an overkill, but I think the way they're going to try to fit it in with bowls uh, to try to keep the six bowls that are in the rotation for the national championship. Rose Bowl is going to be the stickler again. They always are, you know, they're, they're going to want that spot, boy. They can't mess up that parade and everything. So, you know, that's fine. Uh, they're the granddaddy of them all, but that's going to be probably the biggest part of the whole structure. That's going to take a while for everybody to figure out, but it's coming and, and, and it looks like it's going to be 12, I guess. I mean, I think that's what they're talking about through the end of September. I think the eight went out the window already. So, um, you know, the, the, the dabbles and the guys of the world, the Knicks, um, you know, that, that don't want it to expand because they get in it every year and they're still going to get in it. They might have to play one more game or something like that if they're not perfect like they usually are before they get into it. But, um, you know, it's going to make a zillion more dollars for everybody. And that's that's what it's all about, man. It's the lettuce. It's that lettuce that you could have made in the NIL. The <laughs> hey, I, I want you to know, though, that that question was asked from your boss because we had him on last month. And he's my childhood friend. Sean McManus, we had him on last month. Jeremy, he goes, yeah. make sure make sure you ask Brad if he's a fan of the expansion or not, because you know I'm a fan of the expansion. I go, of course you are, Sean. You want more games because you want more cash going through that cash register. He goes, right. let That's me know right. what he says. Hey, if he, if he said we're going to get some of those games, I'm all for it, baby. <laughs> hey, 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 Brad, you mentioned something. Did you did you call that those um those were, I, I played in the NFL for a bit, and then I went into the uh, World League. Did you yep. do that championship game with Boomer up yeah. in Montreal? Yes. Oh, my God, that was such a good – that was David Archer, and I keep telling people, Bill Goldberg, yeah. the wrestling dude, was playing for the Sacramento Surge at the he time. Was the Surge, that's right. I still got their media guides over here in my office. I was looking at him the other day, and I was like, wow, this was too, that was too funny. And, yeah, Arch plays his ass off in that game. It was a really good game. Another game that was one of the greatest TV broadcasts that nobody apparently watched. And we had Helmet Cam and all the other cool stuff. That's how Boomer got the Monday night gig. You know, he worked with me for a year doing the World League. And we had the, everybody mic'd. 
and he knew everybody's, uh, you know, route tree and everything. And he goes, okay, they're going to throw an up and out and, or a corner route. And everybody's like, wow, this guy's a genius. I go, well, I know what that is because I'd heard it in my headset, you know? So, you know, <laughs> that's how I got the Monday Night Football gig. He worked with me for a year. By the way, I've got the name for the pizza place, Big Sales Deep Pan. I, I would have been. <laughs> I'm there, baby. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you doing this. You got it, brother. I'll see you. You got it, man. That is Brad Nessler, play-by-play man for CBS's college football. We'll take a brief time out. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, your boy Dan Soliel. 
Yeah, if you don't think this new nil rule is not going to be beneficial to colleges, picking up the horn and going like this, hey, man, you know, we don't have to do this behind closed doors any longer. I got a job for your dad and your mom. Come on down to Alabama. Well, how much are they going to make? How much do you want? Yeah. Can my mom and dad make 100000 Sure. How do you think that's going to play out when that starts getting around that Alabama's offering jobs to family members? Hey, how'd you like to come be an assistant coach at Alabama? Do I, does my son have to come? Well, the only reason I'm asking you to come and join us is because you coached the hell out of your son. You must be a good coach. But if your son ain't coming, that job ain't there for you. Also, I'm not coming on my merit. No. I'm coming. I'm offering you a job because your son's spectacular and we're giving you an opportunity. Well, then my son doesn't want. Okay. Have a great time at Fundalac University. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you're working at CMO's Pizza. <laughs> hmm. Hey, those deliveries, you know, you get about 20 bucks. No disrespect there. Your tips are about 20 bucks. Or, no, 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 better yet, at Simo's Restaurant and Pizzeria in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, at Eagle Creek University, you know what your tip is? Don't smoke in bed. <laughs> Don't smoke in bed. Or eat crackers in bed. Kidding me? This is going to be – at the SEC media day, they were asking, you know, Nick's putting on the shade – well, this is terrible, and da da da. How's it terrible? Your quarterback's going to make a million dollars. I don't even know how you say that with a straight face behind a microphone. Here, I'm going to do it. Hey, Coach Saban, um, your guy, Bryce Young's not played it down in the, for your program, and he's about ready to make a million dollars. What's your thoughts on it? See, it's guys like you. <laughs> That's what you got to do immediately. See, it's guys like you that look at it as a bad thing here and throw that out now and start making the money an issue here. The kid came to Alabama before that nil rule was put in place. You got to come up with every single reason. And you know how you always stop a guy from asking a hard question? It's a technique. You holler back at him. Trust me, I learned that in my Italian household. It was never about who was right. It was about who was the loudest. Okay? Who was the loudest in the house? Those were the guys that, 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 that were right. Yeah, well, wait a minute. You don't have any facts. Who cares? Who's the loudest? I am. You win. <laughs> I don't know how you don't think that that's going to be, um, like, not an issue moving forward there. I, I, I just think it's going to be something that these big programs are just going to take complete, um, you know, advantage of. By the way, I will say this, though. If I am Oklahoma and I am Nebraska and some or not Oklahoma and Texas, I, I will look at what happened to Nebraska. When's the last time Nebraska has been relevant? You know, when I was a kid, Nebraska was always great. 11 win team playing for a national championship with Coach Osborne. Man, that end, big red. Now they're roadkill. They went to the Big Ten, took the money. Now they're just irrelevant. 
They're big rivals. You know what it is? Iowa. Why? Because they like corn, both of them? <laughs> okay. That Nebraska-Iowa rivalry, man. Are you looking forward to it every fall? Count me out. Get in, right? Give me Boise State and BYU. I'll watch that thing before I watch Iowa and Nebraska. Both teams, like, Iowa's good. Nebraska sucks. I'm watching that. Nebraska. Nebraska's not relevant. You know where they're relevant? When they take a look at the money they make from the Big Ten. Same thing with Maryland. Look at Maryland football. And when I was at Maryland, hey, by the way, you see that uh, plaque at the top up there? Right there. That's an ACC championship plaque that I won at Maryland. You think you're ever going to see Maryland win a championship in a conference ever in the Big Ten? They were never going to win one in the ACC again. They're a basketball school now. So that right there, that little, that plaque right there is probably a collector's item for Maryland Terrapin fans. Hell, when I left the program, it was probably one of the best times in the history of the program. Boomer was the coach, or Boomer was the uh, quarterback, and Bobby Ross was the head coach. You're never going to see that thing again. Look at the Browns. They're never going to win a Big Ten title. If you're OU, you think, watch this. So Oklahoma, you think Oklahoma having destroyed all those teams in the Big 12, which suck. Watch this. What teams do you think in football are good in the Big 12? Texas hasn't been really great in the last 15 years. Who else? Baylor? Kind of. TCU? Kind of. Who else? Iowa State? Now we're talking about teams that people do, are they the cyclones? Yeah. I mean, if you don't know the nicknames of the teams that we're talking about, I'm gonna stop talking about them. I, I, I guarantee you, I could line up 15 people. You couldn't name me all the teams in the Big 12. So, and, and Oklahoma and Texas, well, not Texas really, because they got beat by Kansas a few years ago. They're beating up all them nobody programs. And then when they get out of conference, they get railroaded. You think you go into the SEC? You think OU's ready to take on this? So OU gets their schedule, or Texas gets their schedule. I would say this to you. Oklahoma might have an above 500 record at 6-5. and five. No way Texas does. No way. Texas is 4-7 and seven in that conference. Look at what those SEC teams have to play every week. A&M, Florida, LSU, Mississippi State, Bama, Auburn. Come on, man. South Carolina. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't getting through that schedule unscathed. And, and, and you're going to lose half your roster as you get into November and December. You got to have a full 85-man roster to go through that thing. That's a gauntlet, man. Hell, by your 10th game, the Kentucky game is a hard game. Vanderbilt isn't a snooze any longer. That conference is powerful, man. Now you're adding two of those teams? I'll tell you what, it'll help their recruiting. It will help their recruiting. A lot of college news today. All right. Did you guys happen to see the picture of Big Ben showing up to um, Steeler training camp? 
He, I think he had his shirt off. Have you guys ever seen Blades of Glory with Will Ferrell? And he has his shirt off, and he's playing like this uh, skater guy. His body is, seriously, it's, it's something that looks like a guy who works at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> okay. <And> he, <laughs> he goes, take a look at his body, man. I know you want to see what a skater looks like. And you know, I love that movie. It's funny as hell. And he, he's playing this skater. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Blades of Glory. And his body, seriously, man, is like a Pillsbury Doughboy. And Ben Roethlisberger's walking in. He, I don't know. I guess, for Ben, I guess it looks like he's done. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I laid off the Oreo cookies. Mm-hmm. Instead of one sleeve, I'm eating half a sleeve. Skim milk. Before I'd have two sleeves. You know, they come usually in three sleeves. You know, Big Sills knows. And now I'm eating half a sleeve. 39 years old. I start looking up for my body. Skim milk. And when I wake up, you know, those uh, jelly donuts I talked about yesterday? I heard Cilio, you know, commenting on them. I don't have jelly donuts any longer. Just donuts. Only one a day. Before it was six a day. You know, I got to have three before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is such a lard ass. I mean it. He's he's the Carmelo Anthony version of the NFL. And he's showing up and he's going like this and like you know like he's a model off the uh beaches of Monaco, you know, he's walking, "Hey man, I see, you know. See me at cans." <laughs> you're like, "Bro, man, you're a fat body." You've always been lazy. This is your last year in Pittsburgh. Everyone knows it. I know you want to. You see, what's happened here is that Ben's been given an injection of not wanting to leave. That's why he took a pay cut. We had Kevin Colbert on this show saying that if Ben didn't take a pay cut, he wouldn't come back. He wasn't coming back. So, Big Ben, Big Ben to be Big Ben to Jelly Donut. You know, it's now saying, "Yeah, this is uh, we're gonna have an iconic year." I'm gonna call him Jelly from now on. Ben Roethlisberger's new nickname is Jelly. So Jelly thinks that you know maybe if I can get my body into shape at 40. You know, we started out on that 11-0 run, and everybody kept saying this. It's only going to be a matter of time before uh, Ben blows out a fat cell, and that team ends up 1-5 down the stretch, which they did. And, and, and now he's like, yeah, well, we're primed and ready to go. Just like what Howard Balzer said yesterday, I got questions in their offensive line. But Ben Roethlisberger, dude, that guy is on a respirator right now when it comes to his career in Pittsburgh. If Ben wants to play next year, it's going to be somewhere else. It's not going to be in Pittsburgh. That dude's going to have to find another zip code if he's going to play. And you know it. So, <laughs> yeah, Jelly should be a very interesting year in Pittsburgh. I actually like Jelly. 
Yeah, I do. Big fan of Mike Tomlin. Steelers will always be in a conversation because the organization is one of the gold standard organizations in the NFL. But when it comes to, um, you know, Big Ben or Jelly, we'll see. All right. Story came out right before we went on the air. So the NFL is coming out with new protocols now. And a guy who works on my show's favorite topic, vaccinations. And I think it's pretty interesting. Tom Pelissero came out with it just a couple of hours ago. And the NFL's changing um, its protocols on how they're going to go forward this year. So we're going to hit on that. It's, it's actually some pretty big news. We'll do that next. Don't forget also, we will have Houston Nutt, three-time Southeastern Conference Coach of the Year. In hour number two, you keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. 
Try it on at GoArmy.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.